Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Feast Your Ears. I'm Harry Rosenblum from the Brooklyn Kitchen, a cooking store located at 100 Frost Street in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Join me every Wednesday as I talk with people about what they do and how it influences their personal food stories. This is a show about people, life, and food. You can find Feast Your Ears as well as lots of other great shows at heritageradionetwork.org and on iTunes. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Feast Your Ears. Joining me today in the studio is Roy Marasegan, known to many as Cowboy Roy. Howdy. Uh, Roy is a, uh, not a, well, I guess he's a modern cowboy, right? Roy, would you describe yourself as that? I don't know what I am anymore. I just, I do like, you know, cowboys, you know, uh, oh God, I, I'm, I, I'm so nervous. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can't believe how nervous I am, uh, being here. I'm usually. Well, you're on the other side of the microphone usually, yeah, right? You're a usually, sound guy. I'm, I'm a sound mixer. I do a lot of, yeah. Um, I'm usually the guy tweaking knobs and just kind of just staying back and not saying anything. <laughs> Um, can you uh, can you give a little a little bit of an introduction? I mean, we were talking before the show. Um, you grew up in, in Rockland County, but your family is Filipino, um, and now you work uh, as a freelance sound person doing mostly documentary work, right? Right, right. Um, yeah, I grew up in the suburbs, uh, about an hour north of here. Of, uh, you know, an hour north of the city, just a you know suburban wasteland of just malls and lawns and cars and a lot of boredom. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you went to college here in the city, right? Yeah, and it just kind of just changed everything up. There's, I just, you know, I just discovered so, like it doesn't. You don't have to just deal with like just you know in that the safety bubble of suburbia. There's there's so much excitement out here in the city, which I love. Um, now we're we're pre-recording this show. Uh, we're taping it. It's going to air uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Um, so we'll get to talking a little bit about Thanksgiving. But one of the reasons that I invited you on the show is that um, you know I've heard some of your stories, and I thought they'd be interesting to relate to to listeners about your traveling. Um, you're probably the the best best traveled person uh, I know. You, we were talking earlier. You've been to all fifty states. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been to all seven continents. I, I I was able to do that in all in one year. I mean, the seven continents. I was kind of kind of blessed <laughs> for that, and uh, and that was 2014. Right? 2014, yeah. And you, and you spent Thanksgiving in Antarctica, right? Uh, yeah, we, we were on a boat. Um, yeah, we, we were vis- we were doing a, uh, a shoot down by Palmer Station, but we couldn't we we couldn't stay on the station. We had to stay on a you know we had to live on the boat while while we were shooting out there, and uh, um, and we uh, it was Thanksgiving. Nobody really you know. They don't really do Thanksgiving over there. Uh, oh, God, sorry. <laughs> Let me get a sip of water. Uh, no worries, no worries. <laughs> oh, man. 
Did you guys have the the sort of tradition? I mean, was, was it an American crew that you were with? Um, no, uh, uh, the uh, the captain was Australian. The first mate was uh, he was like Spanish. Oh, okay. Um, and then they didn't really do Thanksgiving, so we didn't really expect much Thanksgiving. But um, they ended up surprising us with a with a cooked turkey. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and, and we were eating on the boat, and it was uh, yeah, it was with the camera guys and the producers, and so yeah. You guys, had, so you guys didn't have penguin. For Thanksgiving? No, no, actually, you know what? Funny enough, I've, I have a, uh, I have a gift for you. Um, I picked up, I picked up a cookbook, um, and an Antarctic cookbook. Um, oh no way! And uh, I thought it was kind of cool to have, but then I was like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> I don't cook, but um, here you go, fit for a fid. Oh, nice. It it, it kind of shows you how to how to. You know, different recipes to cook whale. Wow. And, and, yeah, the the, whale the, the and, image on the front is of a uh, a penguin chef who appears to be about to swallow a whale. Mm. So, whale, seal, penguins. Um, I mean, that's if you're just kind of like out there and you're you're about to die and nothing else to eat. So, you... sure, sure. Fricassee of shag. I don't, what is a shag? Maybe it's a fish. So I thought that that's something you'd appreciate. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, let's see. Skin. Oh, no, it's a bird. Yeah. Cormorant. So recipes for cormorant called a shag. All right. That's uh, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so did you sort of catch the, the travel bug, as it were? Um, was that in, was it when you were a kid? Did your family travel? Was it as you got older, in college, after college? I think, you know, when I, when I first learned to ride a bike, I was... You know, it, it just took me to places where I had never been before, and it was just like, you know, they, 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 I mean, I mean, I had perimeters I couldn't cross, but you would cross them anyways, you know. <laughs> and and um, yeah, just exploring, you know, these new neighborhoods, you know, in, in suburbia, and just the excitement of it all, just seeing new new things. I and then when I got uh, when I got my license, you know, we could go even further. It's sure, like, let's go to New York City. Like, yeah, it's like not allowed to drive in New York City, but. Going to do it anyway. We're right? going to do it anyways. And Did that lead to uh, cross country uh, road tripping? Um, you know what? I never really, I've never really gone cross country, but I've been off of these states. So you've been off of these states. You've never driven cross country. <laughs> no. Oh man, well, I, I highly recommend it. Um, I drove cross country shortly after I got my driver's license. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine and I, a uh, couple just after we graduated from high school, we drove from California to Maine. Um, and you know, those were in the days before cell phones and, you know, we carried a stack of quarters in case we had to call home and pay phones and stuff. And, um, I highly recommend making, making that trip. It's really, no, but, but I've, I've been to like all those, all the roads. I, I, I love, I do love to road trip. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but I was homeless for like, like 26 months. Um, because I, because working freelance, you know, I was living in the city, but I was never in the city. Um, you know, uh, there, there'd be, you know, I was on this gig. I was working on a dog, the bounty hunter for years. Okay. And out in Hawaii, they ship me out to Hawaii every couple of weeks. You know, our schedule was like three weeks on, two weeks off. And the two weeks off, I would, you know, I'd come back to New York and be like, all right, you know, I'm gonna, I'm going to Costa Rica. <laughs> And uh, go backpacking, coach. I've got two weeks to kill. You know, I've and got then to, you go back to and then yeah, back to the show. I mean that, you know that that schedule we were talking about uh, about Alaska, and you know, I mean, I've had friends that worked on oil rigs up there, and that's like the same schedule. They're on for a couple of weeks, and then they're working straight, you know, straight through, and then they're off for right. a couple of weeks. So I wasn't worried about you know not making any money. I was you know I, I had a job to go back to, so I was like all right, let's go explore. But then got to the point where I was I was just never home, and I and you know living in the East Village was 
it's pretty expensive and I'd especially like, if you're never there. Yeah, so I decided one day, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I I put all my stuff in storage, you know, up, up in Rockland County, my parents' house, basically, and then I just I just started, you know, spending the two weeks that I had off just exploring America and and, and other places. Uh, so so um, you know, being in Hawaii, and uh, the producer would tell me, "Hey, Roy, so uh, yeah, so we're, we're leaving. Uh, yeah, we're leaving next week. Uh, you know, we're, we're leaving in a couple of days. Everybody's flying back to New York." Where where are we flying you to? And uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh well, you know, I've got some friends throwing a party in, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, this week. So send me there. S- drop me off over there, and then I just kind of cruise, you know, hang out with some friends, and then just start exploring. And then then two weeks later, uh, I get a phone call like, all right, you know, we're just flying back to Hawaii. Where are you? Uh, where are you? Where are you coming where, from? Where, where are we flying you out? I was like, ah, you know. Uh, Fly me out of Denver, and I would just show up to the Denver, and you know, get my ticket and go from there. Oh man, that's uh, I mean, that's a that's a really uh, it's a great sounds like a great way to see and experience a lot of different a lot of different things. And most people don't have that freedom, right, of having a job so that they're employed and they have enough money, but they could be homeless. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And in some places, I would just you know rent a car and just kind of live in this car, and then just. You know, avoid the highways and take the small farm town roads and just see, like, kind of like, you know, the check out the flyover states. And Are there any places that you discovered in that sort of 26-month stint that you've returned to? Oh, oh so many, yeah. so many. I mean, do you, do you now have friends in those places? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I feel like you could drop me off anywhere in America and then, you know, there'd be like a 300-mile radius where, like, I'd, I'd know something. You know, pick up the phone and be like, hey – I'm, I'm kind of like in your area. I'm come around close. Let's you know, let's grab a beer. Nice. And yeah, so that, that's that's pretty cool. Oh, that's that's awesome. And was it during that time uh, that you lived with the Amish? Uh, <laughs> I I didn't live with. I, I, I spent a couple of days. Yeah. Well, 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 the thing is, I had two weeks, and I I was really curious about Iowa, the state of Iowa. I don't know. I didn't know anybody who's who's lived who, who you know. Who lives there? I don't know. Who's really been there? Oh man, you should have called me. I lived in I lived in Indianola, Iowa, just south of Des Moines, for a whole summer. <laughs> I I wish I had known. <laughs> um, so, and so people tell me, oh, don't. And people from South Dakota, the neighboring state, didn't really know much about Iowa, and they told me not to bother. And I was like, I saw it as kind of like a challenge. It's um, also like right there in the center. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's like America's like heartland. It's like what is what what is here? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go find out. Um, and I basically drove a total of like 3,300 miles, um, you know, for, for two weeks. And I, uh, I, I end up all over the place. And, and, you know, at one point I, I did end up in an Amish community and I was, I was, I was, I was kind of fascinated. I was like, what are you guys doing here? And I'm like, what are you doing here? And I was, you know, I, I, uh, I was, I was, I was, you know, I stopped, it, it's crazy because, um, the the town that I was at when if you if you drive by, if you drove by in a car like and you know people wouldn't just give you like you know like a like a wave it's like a big huge arm wave just very welcoming and I was like what is this so it's so the next family that that kind of waved at me I just kind of stopped and I I got out and I introduced myself and I told them I was from New York City and I was really kind of fascinated with rural living so this is like reverse Rumspringa. 
right? I, I mean, guess. where like when you're part of that community, right? You're allowed to like go yeah. to the city and see, you know, have a television and like smoke cigarettes and drink and whatever, and see if you want to come back. So you were sort of doing it the other way. Yeah, and, and I was like, you know, are you guys, you guys are farmers, right? This is your farm, and like, yes, we are farmers. And I was like, oh, oh, do, you, do you guys ever need any help? Um, you know, like do any farm work, like like baling hay, or uh, uh, I just, you know, I just wanna. I just want to do some manual labor and sweat and smell like manure. <laughs> and and they looked at me like I had three heads. They're like, <laughs> because I'm sure that you're the only Filipino New Yorker who's ever stopped to say, "Hey, can I milk your cows and stand in the shit?" Right? And they, were, I mean, at first they were a little standoffish because it turns out there was a uh, there was a uh, there was a scammer that went into their town and uh, and uh, you know tricked people out of a lot of money. Hmm. So they're a little wary, but you know, like, you know, I, I they, ve- they they basically uh, warmed up to me. Uh, I mean, I warmed up to them, um, and um, they they realized, uh, oh, maybe this guy's not so bad after all. He's just he's kind of weird and kind of crazy. It's like, ah, you know, hey, could always use another hand, you know, you know, bailing some hay. Why not? Yeah, hey, come back in like an hour. We'll you know we'll get you to work. And I, I ended up spending a couple of days with him, just kind of just living in like this Amish land, and uh, um, just just you know hanging out with the people they hang out, eating their food, and uh, taught me how to milk cows. And um, and they weren't allowed to drive, but they could ride in cars. So it's like, hey, you know, you got a car, you know? Would you mind taking me, you know, uh, you know, tomorrow? Uh, you know, can you? Would you mind, you know, driving me to town? Uh, go to the bank and maybe. You know, uh, helping uh, you know, uh, you know, go to the store to get some school supplies for the kids. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, no sweat, you can hop on in, and got to really bond with you know these, these, this community and these these people. And uh, and I was like, man, America is so interesting, right? I mean, there's so much of it, right? I mean, like, you know, people think about you know and, and dream about and love. I mean, I you know I love going to Japan or going to Europe and mm-hmm. traveling around and seeing all these other cultures. And I mean, we have that here, right? Like right right there's between the coasts. So much, yeah. there's so much out here in America, and just the people. People are amazing, I, I, and, I, and I tell people after being in like all fifty states and just seeing like the real people, it just it's made me more patriotic. It's just it's it's like my friends laugh at me to do it, and every because I, I every every trip I go on, I, I have an American flag with me that I kind of put up. The first thing I do when I when I end up in my hotel room, you know, no matter where I am, is American put flag up. goes up. So anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, yeah. So that goes up and. Uh, it's just yeah, the, yeah. American people are just great. Just the, the hospitality and just it's just so wonderful. It <laughs> um, sounds so cheesy. No, but it, I mean, I you know, I think I think that it's uh, I think that it's totally true. Um, you, I know, spend uh, past couple of years you've gone to uh, gone to Burning Man mm-hmm. out out in the uh, the BLM land there, um, and you mentioned before the show that that's really the only place you cook. Right is when you're at Burning Man. So, uh, what do you what do you cook? I, I you know because because uh, you know, I'm part of a camp, um, a New York City based camp, costume cult, great camp, and it's kind of a large size camp. And we do have a kitchen. We've got like a kitchen crew, and we we take uh, turns taking you know you know cooking or cleaning as you know to, to be part of the camp. And um, I was like, All right, well, I, I don't know how to cook, but you know, like, oh, and uh, Mark, our, our 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 you know our our, our kitchen yeah, the kitchen, um, you know, usually puts me on bacon duty because um, it's pretty easy. Or like sometimes I'd be one of the you know you know first people up and like, hey, you wanna 
want to cook some bacon? They're like, yeah, sure. And, and you know, looking back, like, that's really the only place I really cook because I don't, I don't cook in New York. I'm, right, and you were homeless for a while. Yeah. Right, so. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, yeah, the, he would, uh, you know, sometimes be dubbed, the, you know, like, okay, you know, Roy, would you like to cook some bacon this afternoon? We want to give, you know, people, you know, helping build uh, camp, uh, you know, an old treat. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'd kind of, you know, it, I, I'd, I'd be down, you know, you'd be, be dubbed the, the bacon fairy. You'd have to wear wings. <laughs> and then, you know, when you finish cooking the bacon, you kind of go around all over camp and just kind of feeding people. You know, they weren't allowed to touch the bacon. You, were, you had to feed them the bacon. It was, it was a lot of fun. How many people were you cooking for? Um... Well, the thing is, uh, you know, build week, there's maybe about like 50 to like 80 people or something like that, just kind of helping build the infrastructure of our camp. And then, you know, when, 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 uh, and then when uh, Burning Man actually starts, there's about, well, this year we're pretty big. There were about 200, 250 people. Hmm. It was, it was like a, it's like a, you know, cooking for an army sometimes. Uh, and you know, yeah, the, the kitchen, yeah, the kitchen guys are just kind of incredible, like knowing what they need, you know, pre-planning the uh, uh, the menus, and you know, got refrigerators in, we got the generators running, and 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 and, and feeding, you know, two hundred plus people every day, you know, because we, we would cook communal dinners, right? Um, uh, we would, uh, yeah, yeah, so. You'd be, you'd be uh, one of your shifts, one of your kitchen shifts. You either had to cook or clean, uh, you know, for for dinner. Right. That's a that's a uh, it's a great deal of logistics mm-hmm. to take care of. Uh, your your job takes you um, to outside of America mm-hmm. often, right? Uh, this week you were supposed to be in Russia. I was supposed to be in Russia, and then something now you're happened. Here. And you're like, all right, you're like, hey, Harry, I'm <laughs> I'm in town. If you want to do the re- your radio thing, <laughs> um, and. Uh, a lot of the time, uh, when you're when you're traveling in other places, um, I mean, how how big a crew are you usually with? It's usually a small crew. It's just you know, usually a producer, one or two camera guys, and a host, um, and and me, and maybe maybe a fixer, a local fixer, right? Uh, that sure. kind of knows knows the area, knows the lay of the land. And and then where do you end up eating when you're when you're traveling like that? Um, I you know, it all de- it all depends where we are. I mean, I. Um, cause during the day, sometimes it'd be kind of tough to eat on the run. Um, cause our, you know, sometimes schedules would be kind of crazy or sometimes it'd be kind of like far remote places where, uh, you know, like, you know, we're in Bangladesh, um, yeah, uh, at one point and, uh, you know, we, we were traveling, yeah, we were driving for, we weren't going to get back to the hotel for another three hours and we were starving, but, but the thing is you couldn't stop over and have any local food cause it was just, I mean, you would just get the shits. Right, right. Yeah, your, your body's not <laughs> adjusted like matter, to the water and no, the bugs and whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. So we've, sometimes we're just feasting on like pro bars and cliff bars and whatnot until we get back to the hotel. So you don't necessarily get to sample the local cuisine. Right. You're but, just sort of traveling through. Right. And everyone, and, you know, but I do try to, to eat local as much as I can, just kind of, you know, experience, you know, what, you know, kind of get into people, you know, the, the locals' heads, kind of like experience what they experience. I like to kind of like just kind of dive in and kind of experience, you know, local flavors for sure. You mentioned earlier that sometimes you save that for the end of the trip, I, right? If it gets – if it's something kind of dicey or like something that was really not recommended, I, I – you know, but I but I still want to do it. I, I would wait until the end of the trip. Um, like uh, when we were in China, there was a place that I uh, found that served like fried tarantulas, 
And so I, I waited until the end of the trip to have that. I mean, I'm sure it was fine, but um, yeah, I had some three penis wine with that. I got some weird was stuff. Was that a good pairing? Three penis wine and fried tarantula? Uh, the tarantula ended up being a little, little, little crispier than I thought it would be. And uh, the, the, the three penis wine was a little sweeter. It was, yeah. it's, it's pretty sweet. It's, uh, like, it's dog penis, seal penis, and like, like deer penis or something, something like that. I don't think that's. I don't think anybody's making that in Brooklyn yet. <laughs> we'll see if that uh, sort of comes in as the next the thing trend. Is, and also, yeah, you, you don't want to get sick in the middle of the job. You can't be like useless, right? Because um, you got you've got the shits, and it's it's, it's like okay, if I'm going to be risky, I'm going to I'm going to wait till the end and be be responsible. Sure, and at worst, you have a horrible mm-hmm. ride home and the plane, and then oh my god, I mean that's what Cipro's for just <laughs> just in just in case. It's like the yeah, I was going to. Zipper is like the plan B for adventurous eaters, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, if, if I mean, if you get some sort of bug and you can't kill it, you know, it won't go away, and you yep. just uh, you just gotta. Do, I, luckily, I haven't had to do the Cipro yet. Yeah. Well, that's that's good. I hope I hope mm. not. I hope you'll be mm. able to stave it off. Um, we're going to take a short break here and uh, hear from some of our sponsors here at Heritage Radio Network. Hello, I'm Alice Marcus Creek. And I'm Carmen DeVito. And we're the ladies of We, we Dig, Dig Plants. Plants. <laughs> and today we're asking you to dig deep into your pockets and help us grow this radio station and our podcast and everything that you know and love about us. How do you do it? You go to the heritageradionetwork.org website. You will see a beating heart. It's on every page. And you can give a dollar. You can give $5. You can give whatever. $500. $500. $5,000. $5, Just click on the heart, donate, and help support the radio that you love. Welcome back to Feast Your Ears. I'm Harry Rosenblum. With me today is Roy Marasigan, uh, who is also known as at Cowboy Royster on Instagram. If you want to follow all of Roy's uh, crazy adventures, uh, I definitely recommend uh, checking it out. Earlier this year, I guess at the beginning of this year, uh, Roy had a great series um, while he was uh, hitchhiking to uh, Mexico. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how that came about? Right, it was right after New Year's, right? It it, it, it was right after New Year's. Um, uh, yeah, I went to a wedding in uh, in L.A. and uh, I was supposed to have a job in. Uh, I was supposed to head out to Japan on uh, on the third, but um, things fell apart. And uh, and I and I told a buddy of mine who was uh, who was staying in uh, who was who's kind of hanging out in Mexico that I'd, I'd meet up with him. Um, you know, if something happens. To this job, which was it was looking kind of dicey at the time, uh, so I, uh, I I was in a tuxedo and I, I told him, uh, "Hey, I'm, I'm heading over to Mexico, but uh, but I'll be hitchhiking." I, I thought I'd kind of just mix it up, and um, I mean, so look, did you go right from the New Year's Eve party to like hitchhiking to Mexico? Uh, the very next day, I uh, I got dropped off at the, the Greyhound station, took a bus to Tijuana, and then and then started from there. But, but the thing is, I was heading to uh, Sayulita, it was right outside of Acapulco. I actually had no idea how how far that was. I, so I, this, my, my Mexican geography is not very good. How far is it? <laughs> it was like fifteen hundred miles. Oh or something. man! <laughs> so I had, this, I had this sign. I had this cardboard sign. So it was like hitchhiking made. from like New York to like Chicago, or right? Actually, right. further. I think even Chicago might only be like a thousand miles. Uh, but, but the thing is, in America, you just hop on like I eighty. You could go from like, sure, <clears throat> right? You find one guy who's yeah, going in exactly. Mexico. But Mexico, not 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 so much. Um, 
Yeah, so, so I had this cardboard sign for hours. I, I was trying to figure out why nobody would pick me up. Um, and uh, uh, and I, maybe just people thought I was crazy because I was, I was still in my tuxedo, um, you know, for, for New Year's. I, I decided I was going to travel. I was going to hitchhike in a tuxedo the whole time. Um, and uh, I, I guess people just thought I was some crazy person, you know, hitchhiking. <laughs> But I, I was at one point, um, you know, a car, you know, a car did pull up, and I was really excited. I was like, oh, okay, I was about to go in, and then he, they mumble something in Spanish to me. And they they hand me something, and it was, uh, and then I, and then they told me good luck, and they drove away, and I and I opened my hand. It was like seventy pesos. Um, they thought I just needed money to you know to catch the bus right. or something. Like no, I don't. I've got plenty of money. I'm in a tux. Right. I just um, I'm trying to hitchhike to. I just want to hitchhike. So did you make it? Uh, you know, after about a week, um, it was it was very slow going, and I and, uh, and I ended up going to a lot of places that were very cartel heavy. It turns out, um, and unsafe. Um, I mean, that's not the part that stopped me. It was just uh, I just realized it was burning through my beach time. Right. Uh, <laughs> so after a week, I was you know I was like, wait, Roy, what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, you could be on the beach right now. Instead, you're uh, <laughs> you're outside in some dusty small town trying to trying to trying to bum a ride. Um, so I eventually just you know hopped on a bus and uh, and just yeah made my way out there. Do I remember correctly that when you got to the beach there were donuts? <laughs> um, uh, there, there there was a guy. Uh, yeah, it was, it was weird. There was there's there's guys like walking around the beach selling donuts. Huh. I just thought it was one of the awesome. I was like, man, I love Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, talking about, uh, I guess, sort of uh, alternative ways to travel and adventure. You talked about when you were little, starting out like getting a bicycle and exploring neighborhoods and getting a car and exploring that way. Um, Clint, have you hitchhiked in the U.S. to travel around? Um, I actually, I've, I've, I have picked up tons of hitchhikers, um, but I, I, I've, I've. I've only had to hitchhike once, really. I got pulled over in uh, in, uh, in in uh, in Oregon, um, and it turns out my license suspended from a ticket I hadn't paid in South Dakota. <laughs> so that uh, followed you. So that I, I didn't. I was pretty sure that like everybody's you know systems were not connected, and I was able to get away with this kind of stuff. But uh, I learned that some states you can't. Um, so basically, the cop uh, towed my car, called a tow truck, towed my car. And dropped me off the next exit at some at, the, at a rest stop. Um, and so the I, cop took your car to one place and left you in another place. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, so uh, you know, uh, I guess I'll take a cab. You know, do you have a number for a cab? Like, oh, no, no, there's no, there's no, there's no cabs here. Um, <laughs> it's in the middle of like nowhere, Oregon. Um, I was like, oh, well, what about a bus? There's got to be a bus that kind of pass the by. And he was like, ah, ha, ha, you, you like, no, 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 the here. buses don't <laughs> don't swing by. And I was like, um, uh. <laughs> What do I do? Um, so I ended up. Uh, it, it turns out that Oregon is a very hitchhiker-friendly state. Uh, so I, I thumbed my way down back to the airport because um, I, was, I was I was leaving that night, <laughs> and uh, yeah, down I five, and uh, yeah, that's that's my only time really, hmm. really hitchhiking. But I my my first hitchhiker hitchhiker I ever picked up was in Montana, and I felt bad for the guy because I didn't think anybody was going to pick him up um, because uh, cause he looked like a killer. 
Did you tell him this? When you picked him up? Well, no, no. It's, you know, I remember passing the guy, and he was like, he was, he was like seven or eight miles from like the nearest, from the last exit, and he was just walking. He was just limping, like the side of the highway. And it's like no one is going to pick up this this guy because a he looks like a like a killer, and b he's he's probably psycho. But for some reason, I was like, in my heart of hearts, I know he's, he's not, he, there's no way he could be a killer. So I'm going to pick him up. I've got a pretty good sense of character, especially driving at, you know, 80 miles an hour. You knew, just one, so one look. I, so I drove like 20 miles um, to the next exit, turned around, and then turned around again to pick him up. It turns out he was coming from uh, Evil Knievel days. He was, I mean, he, he was a guy in his like late 60s. He, he, uh, he, had a, he had a bad landing off of a jump, and he bruised. He like broke like like wait this happened ribs. recently he he was like doing evil Knievel stuff like yeah, in his sixties yeah. man and then he went to the hospital he'd ask his dad for a ride and his dad was like no oh, fuck you I keep telling you to you know stop your evil Knievel shit and you're gonna hurt yourself and now look yeah you I'm not picking you up you're on your own because <laughs> for years I guess his dad's been telling him not to you know not stop his motorcycle stunting and because he's gonna hurt himself and should have listened wow. Um, what about trains? You ever you ever hop a freight train? Oh, I've all I've always wanted to. Me too. I've hop, never done hop it. Hop freight trains. I had a friend in high school in Northern California who one day skipped school and got on a train and like ended up you know I think he ended up somewhere down in the East Bay mm-hmm. and had to call his mom to have her come pick him up because he had there was no train going back right he just like got on this train and there it was going. But uh, yeah, I remember watching it Into the Wild and uh, you know that scene where you know he's hopping trains, but he you know one night he pulls over to stop and he gets like beat up by like you know the, tr- the station guard or whatever, and I was like, oh, that looks awful. Like maybe I won't. And I have hop to, I have to imagine in the in the you know the post nine eleven world uh, hopping trains is probably a little bit harder to do than it used to be. Yeah, probably. But I, I did meet some kids at the Rainbow Gathering who, who, who were a bunch of train hoppers, and they're like, oh, it's totally fine. We should go out sometime, you know. I was like, all right, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, for those, do you know about the Rainbow Gathering? I don't. It's, it's this gathering of hippies that happens every year. Um, they pick a, like a, like a, a national forest somewhere in America, and they, they switch it up every year, and then they, they, they meet there for like Fourth of July week, hmm. um, just deep into the forest, and just kind of a bunch of hippies being hippies. They camp out there, um, and uh, there, there's kitchens set up to, uh, to to feed people. There's no money exchanged, um, but people kind of you know, so it's like more of like Burning Man, but in nature. Yeah, yeah, but like dirtier and hairier and smellier. <laughs> Less fashion forward, right? Much of like, I mean, I'm not a hippie by any means, but like, I do like kind of fascinated. I am fascinated by like the hippie culture and just like, like, well, it seems like you've 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 dedicated a large portion of your of your life to, you know, on the one hand, you're making documentaries about things, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, documentaries are about interesting people or places or or what what have you, news or things that are happening. And then the other side of your time, you're spending sort of exploring and meeting people who are doing all kinds of different stuff, right? Right, I mean, and I agree with you. I mean, I think that the, you know, your your words earlier about America being amazing. Right. I mean, there's there's so much here. It's one of the things that I it's one of the reasons I moved to New York City was to have access to all of these cultures. But I also, you know, I've driven cross country a number of times and I love visiting those little places and getting to really meet those people. Right, right, right. I mean, people I mean, yeah, it's just like it's like I, I, I there's nothing I love more than just being in the middle of nowhere. 
it, it, it's it's weird, but then just and then meeting those people who hang out in the middle of nowhere. Right, right. Yeah, the the, the people that you meet. I mean, I a uh, number of years ago with some friends, I hiked the High Sierra Trail, mm-hmm. um, and you know, on that trip, you know, met some people on the trail who you know turned. I mean, who were really you know it was really interesting. I mean, you're you know six days from just about anywhere. And then you meet somebody, right? <laughs> like, what are you doing here? Yeah. What am I doing? What are you doing here? Wow, same thing as you. <laughs> so, uh, so for you, I mean, as far as the the traveling that you do, obviously a lot of it is for work, mm-hmm. and then a lot of it is for pleasure too. So you kind of get to you know, uh, I, do it I, all the time. I'm I'm the opposite of a homebody. Whatever whatever that is, it's like <laughs> when I when I'm home, it's just I kind of get anxious. And at first, it's like, oh, it's kind of nice to be home, but then. How long do you get, like a half hour? Like how, how long are you usually home before you're like ready to get out the door? Uh, well, the thing is, it's fun to see friends, um, you know, family, of course. It's always have a, good to have a base. And are, is your whole family still in the New York area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they live in the suburbs up in, up in Rockland, about an hour north. Your siblings too mm-hmm. are up there? Yeah. Cool. Um, you know, but for you, is it is it about going to the place, the people, the food is it restlessness like what do you you know what is it for you that like is so attractive is it all of those things wrapped together i, I think it's everything it's just yeah. just seeing new things i i think mostly it's it's the people and and how amazing they can be um now do you do you ever travel we were talking a little bit before the show about this idea of like you know being places where history is made mm-hmm. um i mean do you do you ever plan your travel around wanting to be somewhere because of something that might happen or you think that, you know, because you think that it's going to be like an important place or an important event? Um, well, did, did I ever tell you my Halloween story? Mm, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think so. Let's bring it. I'll, I'll hear it for the well, first time well, along with anyone who's listening. Well, there was, there was I mean, um, Madison, Madison, Wisconsin, um, there's a college there and they've got a crazy Halloween every year. And one year they end up getting, having riots for, you know, for some reason, it was, things got out of hand. Um, and then the next year, they tried to prevent the riots by feeding everybody pizza. Like they they, they got a bunch of pizza like, with like Xanax in it. I mean, what? No, 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 no. They 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 bought a bunch of pizza, and at midnight they were serving it to people like in the streets just uh, just so they could stop the drinking for a second and just you know get something in their stomachs. But uh, supposedly they ran out of pizza, and some people got pissed, and that's how and that year's riots got started. So, ne- so the next year, I was like, you know what? There's a good chance it's gonna be a riot in Madison. I want to go check it out, and I and I had maybe about like a dozen people recruited to come with me, and of course, one by one, as as I, as I started nearing Halloween, they started petering off. But I had uh, I had bought I already bought my my plane ticket off of like Priceline, which is like non refundable. And I was so all of a sudden heading out to uh, to uh, to Madison by myself um, <laughs> for a Halloween riot. But um, I ended up crashing a couple of uh, of uh, I ended up crashing a couple of Halloween parties there, just house parties, and people would walk. They're like, "Oh, you're from New York? What are you doing?" And they're like, "I'm here to just get drunk and maybe check out some riots." And they're like, "Ah, oh, awesome! Let's do some shots." <laughs> was there a riot? Um, there were no riots, but there were there was tear gas at some point. Okay. Um, it's a close and, second, I guess. And I remember walking out of the bar, and they, they had PA system set up on State Street, which is the main main street there. And they're tell, basically telling people to to, to to go home, like get off the streets, go home. Otherwise, you'll be tear gassed. And I and I 
for some reason I was so drunk I, I didn't think it applied to me because I'm I was like oh, I'm not from here. <laughs> That's such, a, that's such a New Yorker way to act, right? Like, like I can make a U-turn right, here, even though it says no U-turn, right? right? I'm just New York. Complete ignorance. I'm, I'm, I'm not from here. So, so I start walking down the street, and I was, I, I'm, I'm noticing people like walking. A lot of people walking the opposite direction than I'm walking. Then I see, then I notice a couple, a bunch of people running the opposite direction that I'm walking. I'm all, I'm the only person running, walking in the direction I'm walking. And then, then when the crowd clears up, and there, there's like some. Just like a big cloud of smoke, and they're like, "What is this smoke doing?" And there's that, like, you know, tear gas and mace, and it's, there's a lot. <laughs> when, it teared, when it cleared up, uh, it was, it's the line of riot cops, just shoulder to shoulder, just like just macing people. And <laughs> that was that was fun. Well, I think that we're uh, we're we're getting close to being mm-hmm. out of time, but I, I did want to take a take a moment just to to say thank you for for coming on the show. And I think that you know the the way that you. Um, speak about travel and the way that you've interacted with people and the way that you've, you know, pulled your car over and introduced yourself to some Amish folks who are in their buggy on the side of the road. I think there's, there's something really valuable in that for people to, to take away. And I certainly, certainly will that, you know, you should stop and say hi to people and talk to them and yeah. find out, find out what they're doing and, and where they're at. Um, I, I would ask, uh, you know, as sort of, I guess, like a, a final question, is there, what's your favorite place that you've ever been and and is it something that you would want to share with people and say you got to go check this place out oh oh, burning man burning man burning man by far it's place is magical it's hard to explain i mean what exactly it is but it's just like it's a collection of of people who are so open-minded and so giving and 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 artistic and you know they, they work you know, countless hours throughout the year, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. To, to oh, I mean, create. everyone I know that does it, I feel like the day after is planning for the following yeah. year and putting in time and effort and money. And Yeah, so, some people are just building these great, you know, giant works of art and shipping it across, the, you know, transporting it across the country to the desert only to burn it at the end of the week. Right. It's just like, what? <laughs> All right, well, I, I guess the, the closing idea then is uh, get out there, say hi to people, and uh, and, and check out Burning Man. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening to Feast Your Ears. Uh, we didn't talk that much about Thanksgiving, but I uh, hope oh, everybody yeah, yeah. has an awesome Thanksgiving tomorrow if you're listening to this show uh, live. Happy Turkey Day. Happy Turkey Day. I'd uh, like to give a big thank you to uh, Kristen Baylor, my producer here at Feast Your Ears, uh, Jack Inslee, the, who uh, engineered the show and is the executive producer here and uh please join me every wednesday and uh, take a moment to listen to like the show on facebook and itunes thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.